Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is Brandy, and you are now tuned in with D. Hello, it's On Air with David Dwayne. This is the only way that we do it. So, yeah, 
these interviews are already on YouTube. So if you guys have checked them out already, thumbs up to you. This Lewis York interview has never been heard. We actually did this in um, September. So it's it's good to get this content that we have in the vote out. Clear the vote, Dave. Clear the vote. So that's the whole purpose of getting all these interviews out. And then all my IG live interviews, if you guys haven't checked them out, where have you guys been? At David Wayne on IG for all my IG live interviews. And we've got so much more that is coming very soon. And even the Zoom interviews that I've been doing too that you guys have seen on the page, like the one with the bonfire, there's so much content. Listen, we're promoting and spreading all content on every platform that we have and that we have ownership of with a login. So just want to let you guys know that. So make sure you guys keep it tuned in. We're going to get all the jams pumping and flowing and going. You know how we do. No entertainment news this week whatsoever. We must uh, – be very cognizant of the times that we are in. Um, we are in a double pandemic, you know, with everything that is going on with COVID-19, and then now with everything, you know, with the police brutality, you know, I just felt that it was not in the best light to promote entertainment news unless, you know, it's something in regards to um everything that's going on. So we might come back a little bit later on in the show and talk some entertainment news with things that have to deal with police brutality and COVID-19. We really want to just make sure that we're, we're very safe um, about rolling out content, especially in these times. And the purpose of putting out these the content still and promoting is so that people feel inspired and uplifted. My brands and my platforms have been nothing thing and inspiration because guess what? If I started this journey at six years old and to now uh, be 27 to do it, you can do it at any age by all means necessary. You just got to keep your faith, you know what I'm saying? Have faith and believe that you can do it. So that's my spillage. And rest in peace to anybody that has lost anybody this year, um, just in any passings whatsoever, uh, passings dealing with COVID-19, um, any illnesses, anybody that is currently sick, my prayers and thoughts are with you that you get better during these times and know that it, things can get better. And for everybody that's listening tonight that is having a ear to what I have to say that actually even cares about what I have to say, I pray in that you know that better days are ahead. We will not live in this temporary norm for forever. So, and if you guys are going to protest and everything else and use your platforms and use your voice, use your voice in a positive sense, rage and positivity. Don't don't go out there and do to be negative. Let's do things in a positive way. Let's not fight fire with fire, but let's make some noise in the most positive sense that we can. So I'm encouraging everybody to use your voice. I'm encouraging everybody, November 3rd, uh, this new election, to vote. Um, vote for what you believe in, whatever party that it is. But I hope that you vote for my boy, Joe Biden, <laughs> for Delaware. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Delaware real quick. And you know the kid is from it. But make sure that you guys utilize your voice and go and check and see if you're registered to vote. Check your status for AIDS, HIV. Check your status if you have COVID. Check every up and up and be safe. It's better to know than to not know and be a fool and to be ignorant. So that is what I'm saying here. And listen, we're going to continue to keep the jams flowing and going. We're going to get these interviews going. I'm going to get into Eric Bellinger featuring Tiff Brown and uh, OG Parker type of way because, you know, 
I just be feeling some damn type of way sometimes. I don't know why, <laughs> but I just do. And I love this thing with the mission with you guys. Keep it locked. We'll get that Lewis York interview going on. Oh, the thing about the Kevin Ross interview, we got two of them. So I did a panel with him in January of earlier this year. Then we did the IG Live with him last month. So you guys will get to hear both, and then you'll hear the Cayman Show interview. Love the content that I've been doing. I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a great night. Stay tuned. And, um, yeah, be blessed. Yo, what's going on? This is Eric Ballinger, and you're chilling right here on the with D. Better make you feel some type of way. What up? It's Claude Kelly. Yo, I'm Chuck Harmony. And we are Lewis York. I need y'all to make sure y'all check out my boy David Dwayne's return back to the airwaves with On Air with... What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning back into On Air with David Dwayne, your one and only rock star on the mic. And right now, we've got our good friends, Lewis York with us, Chuck and Claude Kelly. Now, if you guys don't know, I'm surprised that you guys 
don't know because like they not only have written and produced for some of your favorite artists but they have you know been doing their thing as a group now and their brand new album American Gris is finally 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 out the debut album so if you guys are listening which I'm sure you guys are download it so you can kind of understand the uh, conversation what's going on guys what's What's up up, happy to be with you man how's it going it's going good listen like I was saying before we got started thank y'all so much and congratulations because Y'all have really expanded the brand, and I think that people finally, finally get the music that you guys are doing. And, you know, just honestly, the the fact of feeling free with, you know, with R&B music, whether it be in funk, whether it's, you know, just crossing genres and not being afraid to, you know, be who you are and be black or just, you know, not putting a box of label on it. Amen to that. Yes, Thank you. Sir. That's 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 always been our goal is to, is to, is to not be boxed in. Yeah. We started Lewis York to get out the boxes, so... We're back to, we're back to reminding people like, yo, don't put us in them because we're gonna keep you guessing every way. Yeah, exactly. So now let's talk about the response to you know you guys banding as a group. How has that been overall for you both? It's been it's it's been generally positive. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We we haven't. I mean, of course, when when you do something new, people that you've known before, they some of those people fall off as it relates to life, but but general population people that um, discover Lewis York, whether it's at a show or whether it's on the, uh, on record, the response has been great. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I think it's important also that like, like, you know, it's, it's easy to be like, you know, everyone wants to have that attitude as artists of like, I'm, I'm on now, quote unquote, and, and F everyone who wasn't, who, who, who wasn't there for me. But yeah. we see it the other way around. It's like, it's all those, all the disappointments, all the people we let go, all the things we let go, have made us so much better. Yeah. Right. And so what you realize is you just can't take everybody and everything with you. Yeah. In your new journey. In your new journey. Yeah, that's very true. And how would you say that that has made you both strong? You know, just kind of realizing, you know, whether it be just in life as it's itself alone without entertainment and music, or in even when you think about being in this business, so that you have to let those things go get inspired, write great music, and just kind of stay in, in your focus, because that can be difficult at times. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it's all it's all one thing. I think people feel like being a musician means that you can no longer be human as you are, but really we are, we're, we're two men who are growing and learning and becoming stronger spiritually and indiv- individually and as a team, and because we're doing that, the music is getting better. Yeah, that's really like it's not like we're sitting in a studio and we came up with some crazy formula that we didn't have before. Right. And now and now we have this new thing. Really, we've had these tools for a long time. We just because we're smarter, we're wiser, we're more compassionate mm-hmm. and all that stuff. We're able to use our tools way better. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the important thing. A lot of artists don't know how to utilize the tools that they have that they've been using from the beginning and sticking to a formula. So speaking of, speaking of formulas, because I work with a lot of different artists. And I'm always talking about, you know, finding your formula, finding your formula and really sticking to it and knowing what that is. Don't, you know, go from next project and be like, okay, what's the formula? What are we doing next? What are we doing next? Go with what you know and follow that. How important is that to know versus to not know and be lost? Even if you're an artist that's been out there, you had a crazy stream or an artist that is, you know, a new discovery. Yeah, I mean, for, 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 for me, it's really about the formula is how do you get to to your creativity? Like, what does that look like? And and never stray away from that. Never let outside forces allow you to steer away from how 
you personally get to your creativity. Like me and Claude, we get to our creativity at the piano by having conversations. That's our formula. That that's what works for us because it it's tried and true, and we never strayed away from it. From from the, the top of our career, we were sitting at a piano. Until right now, we're working on a song in the studio right now that started at, at a piano. At a right. So that that's very important because you don't you everybody have a personalized way that they get to their creativity, and so mm-hmm. you should honor yours and not try to duplicate anyone else's. Mm. And on the back end of that formula, the only other thing that we have that's a rule is that you don't stop until you really believe in your heart of hearts that it's undeniable. Yeah, and that means like it should be giving you chills. You should be you, you should be jumping up and down, running in the room because you're you're personally relating to it in yeah. a way that makes you the way music makes you excited. That's the only rule. It could be any kind of song, any tempo, any style, any topic. As long as when you finish it, that story feels like yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what in the world? You you gotta be messed up by the by by the story and by the music. Yeah, and and it's gotta lead you to like. The bigger inspiration to you know to go further with you know whatever that situation that you were talking about or you know to you know to take realization to what that was for yourself and to where people can say you know what I can relate to this story because it talked about this and this and third or or my best friend you know just and that's what we talked about the last time too just kind of connecting with music that is more relatable versus shit that people don't understand. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, which is a lot of music right now. Shit, people don't understand. Right, and I feel like it's gotten even worse since our last conversation. So, how do you feel that people should be able to, you know, how, how do you feel like people are adapting to just, you know, the R&B that is out? Because you know, you guys are in the lane of your own when it comes to the R&B. We've got her that's doing things. Um, we've got SZA. You know, we've got a lot of great underdogs that are, you know. I wouldn't say they're slept but we got some really heavy underdogs in R&B. How do you think that people honestly adapt more to that versus the nonsense that's out there today? I mean, I think I, there's this constant conversation that R&B is, is, is lacking or dying. And I personally don't think that's more a conversation of how mainstream companies are, are paying attention to it. Right. But there's a lot of talent out there and, and more than ever people are, going to see their artists that give them that feeling. They're coming to our show um, and they're supporting the artists that they believe in. Um, what I do believe also on top of that, though, is that R&B as a genre is the most stolen from, but the most, but the least rewarded for what it brings to the table. And so I think that there's a lot of exhaustion from people because you feel like our ideas kept getting taken, but then we don't get the opportunities that those other artists take from us. So the debate is whether whether R&B is dead or not. It's certainly not dead. I think people are just finding new ways to find their favorite artists, and it may not be the charts the way they used to be or the radio the way it used to be. It's just lots of different ways, but we're finding our tribe that way. You know, we, we, we purposely went independent as our own company so that we didn't have to rely on... Um, what can be like the exaggerated numbers, we wanted to know we have people for real, like that come and put their butts in seats and buy the music and feel something. And that to me is a blessing because music is really about touching people. And so getting back to where you're actually communicating, performing for real people is a thing. And if we can be just a little part of encouraging that, then we're on the, we're part of the solution, not the problem. Yeah. You guys are definitely part of the solution. And I wanted to even talk about, um, 
Weirder Workshop and um, the Smindellas and how you guys have really, you know, like from incorporating them into the live shows. I mean, from the beginning, that's what you guys were doing. But to see it, especially with like no regrets and getting that whole feel good approach to it, like what y'all do as like mm-hmm. a unit is so amazing. And people can check, you can even check you guys for, you know, performance in like, you know, their local cities when you guys hit town because you guys have been doing shows, you know, consistently. And then not only that, you guys have it on YouTube as well. So being able to, you know, bring, you know, the new music and then even the music from the Trilogy Project, how amazing was that to see everything just kind of come to light and then to to get the reaction, especially like in Nashville. And then, you know, you guys did some shows um, in New York as well, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's been super amazing, you know, Sometimes when you're in the studio for long periods of time being creative, you can kind of feel like maybe I'm going crazy. This feels <laughs> this feels great to me, but I don't know how it's going to make everybody else feel. And so we were definitely a, a victim of that with the Masterpiece Theater EPs. It was just like we created this body of work and we didn't know how people would take that uh, and take us as artists and the whole nine. And so just getting out on that road and seeing that the, the real effect that music has on people and and community have on people like that's that's been the most rewarding part of this 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 uh journey for us because technically me and Claude we always could do songs and, and write and produce that's what we've been doing for a long time yeah so but the the live element us getting out and touching people and talking to people and and me expressing myself on piano and Claude expressing himself with with his vocals and and seeing how that shift the rooms and how that changed people's lives and how that take people who didn't even know who we were and make them instant uh, friends and instant supporters. That's been the most uh, rewarding part of this whole journey. And can I say that besides the album, the music on the album, and even like the looks, like the, the fashion, what I would hope that people would really give me and Chuck our credit for is our A and Ring skills. Yeah. And branding. And branding. Because really what this is about was when we first met back in oh six doing Chrisette Michelle, before we wrote a song for her, we had a conversation about what we would be doing if we had the power to have our own record label, or if we were able to sign artists and what sounds were missing, which is how we came up with the songs on that on that first Chrisette album in the first place. The records the five records that me and Chuck did on Chrisette was our answer to what we thought was missing from R&B for a black female that had a jazzy tone back then. Mm-hmm. And ever since we met then, every single time we've met up, that's been our conversation. So we've literally made Weirdo Workshop the place where we could show what we felt was missing or what was being left behind that was important about black culture and black music making. Black music making has a long history of excellent a and R that was yeah. uh, kind of let go of right. that we learned from. And so we, we A&R'd ourselves the way we would want a band to be A&R'd, and we've also A&R'd the Shindells the same way. We want people to really know us mm-hmm. and really know these ladies and really know um, our personalities in the way where when we, when we give them challenging songs or things out the box, they can, their head is already wrapped around that because they know what we're capable of. Right. Um, and then, of course, the show is the extension. So when they come to the show, we hold the high standard that we hold when we go to see concerts. We want to be blown away. We want to we want to get our, our money's worth for the tickets we bought. Yeah. And so we make sure we rehearse and that we have a look and that we have the right songs and the song order. Everything about, about American Griots was well thought out. The order, 
Mm-hmm. The art, the fashion, the fashion, the interludes, the whole thing makes us excited because that's what we loved about music. That's what we loved about Rhythm Nation and Crazy Sexy Cool and Bad and many, many, many albums that we talk about in here all the time. And that's what we want to show is that we're good singers and writers and players and all stuff. But our vision for what we see for black music is what I think sets us apart. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. And how and you know what? It's good that you both are touching on the fact of A and R because A and R is something that's really lacking whether it's independent music and whether it's mainstream music. Yeah. Why do you think there's such lack of knowledge towards the A and R department? Like and people are just going on and they're like, Okay, cool, let's throw this project together or there's because we see people getting these A and R jobs, but they have no slight clue. Like they, they're not even as experienced as you guys. They're like new, yeah. fresh out of college. Maybe if they went to college, or it's like, hey, let's give our buddy this job because right. they were, you know, doing something else. Yeah, that's I, I think I think that's that's the problem with the music business. A lot of times, is it becomes so relationship driven that you never get to. The bottom line of people's skill set. Yeah, who's qualified? And who's actually qualified mm-hmm. for certain positions, and especially when it comes to the actual product. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I don't think that Apple and I don't think that Amazon would have unqualified people handling their product, and the A and R is responsible for the product, the actual music product. So you would want that person to be as knowledgeable and as experienced and as capable as possible to get the best product. Yeah. And and a lot of times in music business, it's just somebody friend that found an artist that, that got a couple streams and now they didn't hear the A and R label. <laughs> they gotta tell me about my goddamn drums. You know and we've been doing music since we were like babies. You know what I'm saying? So it be you know, it it gets crazy like that and so the whole bar of musicality just go, goes down from it drops several notches from that that scenario alone. You gotta have proper A and R, and there has to be a final answer in the room. And the final answer <coughs> it needs to be solid, and it needs to be music first. And then to add to that, this, the other this is the really simple answer to it, whether the person has experience or not, is people ain't got no damn taste. Nope. Zero. And taste is everything. Taste is knowing when to when to when to when to stop when when you've recorded enough when you haven't recorded enough. Um, what song to go with first? Um, if there, what what songs match that artist's voice? What looks match that artist? What hairstyle matches that artist? Like, mm-hmm. and taste is you you might not even have a whole lot of life experience in music. Like Puffy will tell you that he never he don't play no instrument. But boy, did he have taste. Yeah. And did and how and he, she sure knew timing and when to drop things and 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 the order in which you introduce things and <clears throat> that's missing too. Like everyone should just throw everything out there and throw it against the wall and hope that something sticks. But that's not, we're the only business that does that. <clears throat> yeah. You don't, you don't just hire whoever you see playing basketball. For you don't just draft an NBA and then hope that you just luck out and get five that can play really well on the court. You have taste. And you pick the five best players that complement your city, your team, your colors, your atmosphere, your coaching style, and then you have a winning team. This is true. 
And I love the fact that you guys, even with me speak of timing, like with this brand new album, that you guys took, you know, some time to record it. And that's very important. You guys didn't just say, hey, let's just, you know, keep throwing out, you know, projects that even though you did, but it wasn't like it was very, it was very time. Like it was the EP this year, the EP the next year, then it was a single here. And then you guys performed, you got people familiar. You guys didn't just say, hey, let's, let's just, let's just throw it out. A lot of artists want to do that, and I'm glad that, you know, you guys really got that genuine response, because this music, oh my gosh, like, I love it, <laughs> like, thank you, thank you, of course, so let's talk about what I noticed, there is a, there's, I know we kind of, like, touched on it just a little bit within conversation just now, but let's talk about the significance of this album, and, you know, that, you know, the story behind the title. Yeah, so the album's called American Griots, and it's the whole thing is, is under a theme. It's kind of like our dissertation. Um, we discovered the word griots about a year and a half ago and looked the word up because, again, like Chuck said, we always start with a conversation. And griots are West African songwriters, storytellers, musicians, poets that travel um, from from village to village in West Africa and tell the oral history and tradition of society. And that's been going on for hundreds of years. So that felt like really close to home because we're black, obviously we're American and we're always looking for ways to explain why music feels so spiritual to us, so natural to us, so deep. And it just felt like it had to go beyond what they tell us our beginning is, which is the slave ships. We know we didn't just learn music on a slave ship. We know it comes from somewhere. So it felt like the right cultural roots to build this album from. And of course, um, we didn't name the album the American Griots, because that would have been us basically saying, look at us, we're the only two, you can't get like us. But really, we made a general, just, just American Griots, because not only is it the title of our album and our theme, but it's also a call to action for our peers, for future musicians, for the business, for the world, to take that mantle seriously. Like, if you're doing music, no matter what your role is in this business, um, if, you're in the, if, you're in the, if you're in the business of, of, of helping to facilitate this language of music, then it comes with a responsibility because people will be going from town to town spreading this word, spreading these melodies. And so we put that title as a responsibility for us, but also for people to hear the whole album. It's like, yo, these guys really thought this through. I mean, that's what we should, that's what we should be doing with our music too. Right. And they should, because there should never be a moment where you're like, oh, let's just give this, that, and through and give it a title and there'd be no conceptual lineup in the, in this you know, the sinkage of, okay, this is where this track is going to be, and this, 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 then, and a third. There's always, nowadays, there's an offness. And I think people need to take key into that. Like, don't put a, put a project and it be half that. I agree. Because we I see totally too agree. often, it doesn't even matter if it's R&B. So we, we even see it in a pop sometimes, and that's almost annoying as hell. It's like, how do you have already a formula there when it comes to pop music that you really don't have to follow, or even with hip-hop. Why they messed it up. Uh, there's a general laziness across the board. Um, I, I, there's a lot of reasons why that could be. I mean, technology is a lot faster. It's easier to get music. We've talked to a lot of people about this along the way. We talk about it actually a lot on our podcast. We sound crazy about why music is the way it is, and we don't have an answer, but a big part of the solution, a big part of the problem is that people in general, society doesn't value music the way they used to. Mm -hmm. it's like people don't, 
music doesn't stop time the way it should. And that's partly I'm not I'm not sure whose fault that is, but that's what we're fighting against is is trying to remind people that what we do is valuable and that music is valuable because it's a soundtrack of our lives. And that bleeds into every genre, pop, jazz, R and B, hip hop, rock, country. Everyone's suffering from that. Yeah, they definitely are. And let's talk about um the record, um, All of My Feelings. Because when I heard that record from like the jump, I got all of my feelings and I just was feeling good. And it was just such a a great album opener. I'm, I've not really heard a lot of albums that had a great album opener in this year at all, besides maybe one other artist who I can't even think of. But just having such delivery, you know, let's just, you know, when it comes to track listing and the delivery with that record, why was it so important to put that right after the intro for you? Yeah, the. the the actual the intro was burst out of the beginning of All In My Feelings. We kind of knew that All In My Feelings, once once we got the songs together, we kind of knew that that was the first song that was going to be on the album because Claude said, pass the microphone because I got something to get off my chest. That was the opening line of the album. And so the album intro was kind of burst out of that <clears throat> that sound of all in my feelings that they were actually supposed to be married together, but because on the digital platforms, they have to have a separate track listing. We made a separate track listing for the album intro, but they're all supposed to flow and lead together, lead together. So, but yeah, it was, we, we knew that all in my feelings, first of all, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a classicness to to the to the production but mainly it's the it's the words it's what he's saying first that made made that the obvious choice for the the, the um the first song on the album yeah and what and what would you say um was the inspiration behind that record you know like what what um with that, lots of i mean first of all topic wise like we wanted to set the tone right the way and say like listen we got a lot a lot on our minds and on our hearts. So we wanted to put all that like concern and worry and and fear and all that stuff that, that that's happening in the world and in, our, and in us, that tension at the beginning of the record so you could feel that. But musically, um, it's a lot of our influences in that song. It's, it's, uh, it's Phil Collins, it's Sade, it's Michael Jackson. It's, uh, it's I mean, there's jazz elements in there. We, we, listen to a lot of different kinds of music and then we make then we we're influenced and then we make our own Lewis York sound. But we uh we talk about the artists that are, that we are influenced by that may not be getting the mainstream love or that people are missing out on that feeling and we try to bring that stuff back in our own unique way. So that first song is, is lush on purpose and dramatic and emotional and beautiful because that's what we think is missing, especially from two two black men putting themselves forward, like when, when are two black men expressing themselves, showing their face, singing their heart out, playing their heart out, horn arrangements, all that stuff. So we wanted to put that right at the beginning so you know what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. And it was and it was a good way for new fans that might have never heard the music before get dive right into the project and be like, oh, snap, okay, I'm with this right from the jump. Versus those who are, you know, because we, like you both said, there's not a there's really not that space of vulnerability too often where you see two black men and they're you know they're really giving their own and they're touching on subjects that need to be touched and the music is as unique as it is because you guys have you know taken that time 
you know, to really brand yourself and all the work that you're doing and figure out what the uniqueness was that could actually make this work without it being a gimmick where it was more so genuine than anything. Right. Thank you. Absolutely. I know you get us. Listen, I got y'all from the first conversation we had, and I was like, I get it. I get it. Like like you said, people can think y'all are weird and stuff like that, but it's like when you're experiencing this business and stuff like that, there's no such – I mean, hell, anybody in this business is weird, but people don't understand the methodology around music and how this business is supposed to go. There's a lot of people that troll on social media and say, oh, it should have been this, it should have been this. Well, I wish you guys would have some experience before you tell us what it could be. Right. Man, can we just clone you? Right. <laughs> a million gazillion okay, times right. and just send you out into the world just to say what you're saying. Thank you. Of course. So now um, let's talk about Glow because that record is, you know, going from, you know, all of my feelings to Glow, you know, just – you know, because there's a little bit of a different evolution change between each record. I mean, it's all a consistent, cohesive sound. But when you think about Glow from All of My Feelings, how do you feel like fans can, you know, interpret the lyrics of that? Mm. Mm. Glow is a celebration um, of a lot of things. I mean, the lyrics are pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, I can't sit down off my feet right now because, baby, you got that glow. That. That in itself is just a feel-good party starter, any party, any function, any barbecue, like dance to this thing. But there's also an element of real real deal rock and roll to that song. And when I say rock and roll, I mean like Chuck Berry, Lil Richard, that, that goes up throughout, throughout the generations to some of the people we were influenced by later on. It's obviously Ray Charles and then later on like Billy Joel and people like that, that that record was influenced by that we're very proud of and everything about us live is in that song. Yeah. Um, live me and Chuck just be going back and forth, just having a blast. He's playing, go all. going ham and I'm singing and the Shindellas are going in. And that's part of what black music is about. It's not only just the serious, deep, um, you know, kind of, you know, somber stuff. It's we're celebratory people. We're bright and colorful. We got that glow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Our skin glows, our culture glows, our whole vibe glows. And that song to me is a celebration of everything that we are. It definitely um, is. Because like you said, there's like there's a huge glow in what you guys do, and especially the live performances, which, oh my gosh, I, I'm ready for like the tour next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how, so how soon is that coming? Because people have to experience a show with you guys if they haven't. Like, it's like a must. But they have to see it mostly. I would say the number one place they got to go is so they can they can really get that feel. They got to come to Nashville. You got to come to Nashville. They have to come to Nashville. Nashville shows are just a whole different. It's that hometown, the whole town Nashville shows, man. They go. We, we're doing a show December 7th at Franklin yeah. Theater. But I, but I, uh, our tour not kicking back off in the spring of, of 2020. Yeah. yeah. And 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 we're and we're gonna and we're gonna try and we're gonna do our best to bring a lot all all these American real surprises with us. We want y'all to experience Patrick and Caroline and the Shindellas and all that stuff. Yeah, listen, they got to because it's, it's it's a hell of a show. And just when you guys think about the preparation of, you know, 
shows now versus when you guys first started as a group? How different is it, or would you say it's all similar? Uh, it's it's it, it's evolving. You know what I'm saying? We we really understand because we've been out on the road now. We really understand the kind of people that come to the show and how broad our audience is, and so we can we can kind of be a lot more far reaching with with our our chances as far as as far as I mean taking chances on the live on the live front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, that's amazing. And it's good that you guys have, you know, really have, you know, kept it to the consistency of it and just really just perfecting at it because, like I said, it's a hot show to see. So now let's also, also, also talk about the podcast. Let us talk about the podcast. Yeah, so. Talk all about it. <laughs> so what So what made you guys want to, you know, decide to, you know, come up with a, con- a concept for the podcast and just really talk more um more to people just about music and what you guys are all about well the podcast is honestly an extension of kind of what happens behind the scenes with us so like chuck said we we all of our stuff starts with a conversation and and a conversation it could be a debate a frustration or a what the fuck moment like we're reading the blogs we're check watching the news and that that gets us all hot and honestly most of our friends that are around us um we had those same conversations with. So Phil Thornton, who's also our um, our co-host on the on We Sound Crazy, and Timon Bacon. These are all our homies from 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 Nashville, Franklin area. That we get up and order Chinese food on the weekends and talk about the state of music or the state of the world or the state of Black culture. And after a while, um, we all just kind of felt like that conversation needed to be recorded for the legacy of it all. To, between the four of us, we know so many parts of the music industry, so many, we've all done so much. We've all no, known and been through so many different doors that it felt like it was our time to confidently share what we've been going through, but also at the same time, just let people in on our, on the silly banter we have. Like, cause we, we drop a lot of jewels, but it's also mixed between a lot of laughter and jokes and great music. So Exactly. It's a way for you to get to know all of us, all four of us, a lot better, and that's really who we are. Maybe maybe a little more cussing in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, some people need that because it's real and it's raw. And when you think about having this podcast and creating a platform where people are able to, you know, really get to know you guys outside of just the music, um, even for myself, in being, you know, multifaceted as well, too, how important is that? Because... You know, we get in such a space where people say, oh, I don't really know who this person is, or I feel like I'm getting to know too much of it. But you guys are really, you know, branding yourself in a way where it's not too much, but it's just right. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like it's important. I, mean, I think everybody everybody have their version, their, their best version of themselves to give to people. And I think part of ours is, is having a little mystery and and letting people in on our intellect, you know, mm-hmm. and not so much our, our personal life, but our intellect and how we think about things, like how we a and r things and the conversations we have about music and music business, because that shapes how we run weirdo workshops, that shapes how we give lectures at schools, that shapes our tiny book club, it, it shapes all of that stuff. So, I think it for us it's very important to 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 really walk that fine line between mystery and giving of yourself because your, your gift is to, to be given. 
Exactly. And that knowledge just helps to, you know, ex- expand upon people. That way they know more about, you know, the business and then, you know, just being open-minded too. There's not enough open-minded souls. I mean, there is, but there's a lot of closed-minded souls too. Right. That's true. And we have, and we have a lot of dope-ass guests on the show too that like that don't, don't get uh, praised enough. Or if they do, we try to tell the stories and ask the questions that people don't know about. So, just we've we've had we're kind of wrapping up our first season right now. We've had some like some pretty we've had Taj SWV and PJ Morton, um, Selena Johnson, Corlin Finnegan, Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin, all kind of people like that have really been influential. But the conversations we get out of them because we're all peers um, is realer than real. You don't get like the PR spin. You get like yo, here's what really happened and they're being themselves, I think it's important that people are able to hear from us and from our peers what it's really like in this business, what's, what the ups and downs were, and how how crazy it is. Because it's crazy. That's why we call it We Sound Crazy. Yeah, even though we're not crazy. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We just sound crazy. We are not crazy in any shape or form. Well, guys, thank you so, 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 so much for coming back and chat with me today. Definitely appreciate it. And congratulations once again on the brand new album, the podcast. Weirdo Workshop just, you know, really expanded this stuff. Mandela's, you know, they're really, oh my gosh, the girls are sounding amazing. Thank you, man. Oh, we just getting started, too. Yeah, man, we're working on their album now. Working on their album right now. Ooh, so how soon can we expect that? 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, we're, we're, in, we're in the studio right now, so I'm going to give you a definitive date, but just know that the same effort that went into American Griots is going to the Shindellas. So it's going to be longer. It's going to be a creative force. Listen, if they don't know, they're about to find out, and they got to get on this train now. Yeah, on the train. Get on the train. So now tell everybody, just in case they don't follow, which y- y'all know I get very frustrated. <laughs> 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 following y'all. But where can they follow you guys, you know, catch up um, on all things that Lewis York is doing and, you know, download the new project? Absolutely. Uh, Lewis York Music, L-O-U-I-S-Y-O-R-K, Music is our socials for Twitter, for for Instagram, for Facebook. Um, and, you can, and, and weirdoworkshop.com is the name of our company, and it's where you, it houses all the information. You can get to our socials from there. You can buy... The music, you can stream the music, you can buy merch, the Weirdo Workshop t-shirts, the whole nine yards, get to know me and Chuck and the ladies, and the whole national movement. We answer back. We love people. We're looking for our tribe, so we want people to follow us. We want people to check out the website so they can get to know what Weirdo Workshop, Lewis York, and the Shindellas are about. Exactly. And one last question. Where is one area? It can be, whether it can be like a, a country or it can be different, a different type of business. Where would you guys want to expand your brand? Mm. 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 Good question. See, you ain't know I've that one out you. <laughs> uh, we uh, we we talk we talk about London or we talk about the Europe, UK, yeah, UK a lot. UK. Uh, we we we've done some work over there, but that's such they 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 love music over there, and so we talk about. Being knowing that we our, our music would fit perfectly over there, and since so there's two of us, we both give an answer. So <laughs> I would 
I would say Japan. Ooh. I, I know they love I know they love soul music over there, and I and and if they're if we're craving it, I know they're craving it. So, international is on our is on our mind, and we have our our, our sights set on it. So, so hopefully the whole world eventually. Yeah. Listen, London and Japan. It's just yeah. perfect for you guys' music. And especially for the fact that the music y'all do, you know London is going to appreciate it. And Japan, just that whole, just the whole Asian culture in itself. I can see it now. Louis York live in Japan. Let's go. Live Let's go. UK. 2020. 2020. Let's I love go. it. Live in Korea. You know what I'm saying? Live like in you, Korea. Because you guys, I mean, you guys get that, that funk that they, like those clubs that they have there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Y- y'all know y'all can do No Regrets and I mean just all the hits that you guys have out right now in those clubs. And doing yeah. for like four or five months, seven months. Man, that's 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 that's, that's what the this album is for. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's definitely the goal. So listen, thank you guys so much. Definitely of course keep in touch, guys. Make sure you guys continue to follow. Lewis York on all social platforms. Lewis York, guys, thank you, thank you so much. And um, listen, I'm looking forward to the show, and I still have to come to Nashville. Y'all know after that conversation we had, I never went, I never came. But I'm well, now, now's a good time. Come on, to Nashville. Come, on come through. Mm-hmm. And you said you said the show for Nashville is when, just so everybody can buy their tickets. December seventh, Franklin Theater. You can get them at weirdoworkshop.com or franklintheater.com. Boom. So just like that, guys, get those tickets. Get them. And we just want to thank you, man, for being a continuous supporter of, of, of the music, of music in general, but specifically our music. You've been down since day one, since the Masterpiece Theater days. So it's always great to talk to you and and, and, and catch back up. And we, can, we should continue to do that. But thank you for uh, just showing us mad love. We we really appreciate it here. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank, thank you guys for creating great music. I mean, when, when the album came out, I was just like, yo, this is this was what I needed all year. Wow. Well, we're just ushering y'all into a new decade the right way. You see what I'm saying to you? This this, this is the soundtrack taking you into 2020. American Griot. Boom. Just like that, y'all. All right, y'all.
This is Jill Scott. You're now tuned in.
Yes, 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 guys. That was Lewis York. No regrets off their latest album, American Griots. Yes, on my Christmas radio. It is your boy, Baby Dwayne, in the place to be. Yes, 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 yes. Hopefully, you guys love that amazing interview. The crazy thing about that interview is it's not even editing. You guys actually heard that interview in its authentic self. No edits. It almost really reminds me of the interviews and the content that you guys hear from me on IG Live like this. So if you guys already don't follow me on Instagram, make sure you guys do that right now. It's at Big Dwayne on Instagram. And make sure that you hit me up with a follow. And let me know that you listen tonight and or did you listen to tonight's show just period, man. So yes, 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 yes. Definitely a great Wednesday night and stuff like that. And listen, like I said, we're going to get into the K. Michelle interview. We're going to get into Kevin Ross as well. Now, the truth is about this uh, Kevin Ross interview. We're going to first do the interview that I did in January versus the one that I did recently. So we just rolling out the content. I know it's a little bit much, and it's like, okay, why not just play one or the other? But they're so damn good. It's like you just got to roll out what good content is. What's, what's the point of holding the good shit in? You, you got to let it out. Let the boat out, baby. Let the boat out. So, like I said, it's part of the purpose of why we're doing these shows live, you know, as well, uh, to get out the content that you guys might have seen on YouTube, you might have seen it on IGTV, floating, or maybe you just didn't at all and there was some confusion or whatever. We want to make sure that we deliver everything that we've done because it's some good stuff. Can't be holding out on greatness. Got to let the people hear it. And connect because it might be an artist that you wanted to hear or an individual that you wanted to hear me do an interview with and you never know that I did it because it's hiding in the arsenal. So I just made sure that we, we got it out. So listen, without further ado, we're going to get into the interview that I did with Kevin Ross in January. Now we're going to get into the one that I did last month. And then we're going to get into some of his music. Then we're going to get into K. Michelle, that interview, get into her music. And then, yeah, it's just going to be just that. And keep in mind, a lot of the, some of these interviews were recorded post and way before COVID-19 and this double pandemic has happened. So understand some of the things that are being said that are not going to be like up to speed. You know what I'm saying? That is up to speed in regular conversation, but I hope you guys are fine with it. If you, if you catch my dress. Okay. You guys ready? Cool. Let's get into this Kevin Ross interview. And again, thank you guys for tuning in on Everyday Dwayne. What's going on? This is Kevin Ross, and you are now tuned in to my guy, David Dwayne. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning back into On Air with your one and only rock star, and Mike David Dwayne, in the place to be, My Fair Swings Radio. And yes, 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 right now we've got R&B and soul singer Kevin Ross. Now, if you guys don't know who Kevin is, I don't know what type of social media you guys have been using. Kevin has been taking the internet by a storm with his mashups, and not only that, you've seen him do collaborative BT, songwriting. He's been, you know, he was signed to Motown. Now he's got this brand new project called Daphne Volume 1 that you guys are going to be able to get on the 31st. And uh, he's joined with us. What's going on, Kevin? I can't complain too much, man. How's everything? Everything is good. And I think everything is a lot better this year to be starting off, you know, the top of a new decade, a new year with great R&B music and coming from you. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, I second that for sure. Yeah, and I've got to say congratulations because, I mean, the, the journey for you as far as music is concerned, you know, growing up in a household filled with music, then going to college, then from college going to Atlanta, you know, getting your feet wet with songwriting and producing then to being signed to Motown, now being an independent artist. I mean, 
you've had a journey. Oh yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. And, and it's been incredible. So tell me about how awesome that journey has been for you. Um, God is good, man. I think that, you know, that's really the only reason why I'm here right now and, you know, I have this opportunity and platform to share with you and um your listeners and, and um I'm just I'm grateful that he's kept me, that he's provided this whole time, you know, in life. Um, it's peaks and valleys and of course in your career there's peaks and valleys and you know, you just gotta ride them out. And the more experiences that I have gotten under my belt, I've learned how to adapt, I've learned how to maneuver and um yeah, I mean just through strength, um and, and God's uh God's engineering, you know, he's allowed for my vision to get a lot more detailed and a lot more focused. Absolutely. And I can tell because this music has a lot of growth. It's really showing who you are as a man. And I know that that was definitely something yeah. important going into, the, you know, the recording process. So what energy did you really tap in um, when it came to the writing and the producing aspect with uh, this project? I just, wanted, I just wanted to be free. I wanted to have fun. Um, I wanted it to be a little more vulnerable, a little more raw, a little more sensual than the last record. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I really did want to show my evolution, not only as a musician, but as a writer and as a vocalist as well. Um, and not taking myself too serious, of course, on certain records. Um, and then, you know, still having um, a, a very dynamic project, you know, and this is kind of the first half of it. So, you know, you get a you get a good gist of um, what the what the project or what the rest of the project will be about. Right. Um, and it's just a, a plethora of energy. And that's what I kind of wanted to throw at everybody. I knew that once I walked away from the deal with Motown, that I would have some time to really kind of uh, focus on the project. And, um, you know, I knew I wanted to come back with some great stuff and not just one sided, but, you know, a lot of uh, multifaceted kind of things that allow for the genre to grow. Exactly. And I love the fact that you just said that allowing the genre to grow. Um, the biggest thing with R&B music, there's artists such as yourself, uh, Kay Michelle, um, Marsha, Luke, Roe, BJ, who have taken their time to, you know, really record albums, you know, and just, you know, and still yeah. touring, still keeping that consistency. And I think that's really important with R&B music. And I don't think we actually make note of the process of R&B instead of being like, you know, let's constantly be in people's face with it because we've got this R&B. We've got a different style of R&B that is out there, like in people's full face yeah. and same as hip hop and same as pop. But I feel like when you're a true R&B artist and you're, and you're underrated in a good sense because you are in, in a secret weapon, it takes time uh, to really make sure that that project is good. And that's an amazing thing. I don't think it's a bad thing, but a lot of people look at it and view it as, why didn't this person put out a project in this amount of time? Listen, y'all want greatness and not microwavable stuff. It takes time. It does. It does. And I mean, you know, I think that the way the genre is growing too, <clears throat> that you'll start to see everyone's process change as well. You know, so... You know, some people may deliver great stuff faster. You know, keep in mind, you know, during kind of like the golden age of music, you know, the, the the whole span of the 70s, I mean, Stevie Wonder was putting out classic records, I mean, year after year, starting with the music in my mind and then Inner Visions. And these all came out literally like nine months after each other, like back to back to back, um, which, is a, which is a pretty highly concentrated and intense process. And just to kind of experience that, I mean, even Earth, Wind & Fire, so, you know, you've had musicians in there in their time, and in those moments have um, this kind of relentless energy of creativity um, that is, uh, you know, I, I think that in, in, a, in some creatives that you'll get to see, 
and that you'll get to explore a lot more. And I'm excited to see, you know, um, you know, the new Stevies or the new Earth, Wind & Fires, the new Marvins and, and whatnot, um, and, and watch our process and how it develops, you know. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Microwavable stuff, you know, especially if it has no heart to it, right. you know, it is what it is. But, um, you know, no matter how fast or slow someone's process is, we just got to respect it. And number one is R&B artists to support one another because, as we all know, we all we got, you know? So. Exactly. And you're right in a class of, you know, like those artists that I just named. And those artists, including yourself, are, I would say, like the Aretha's, the the CDs, the, I mean, shit. <laughs> we talking about y'all some got some <laughs> legendary sounding voices you know, long lasting. And I think it's really important to, you know, have those type of artists, especially ones that are really touching the soul, like you said, because if it does not hit, then it will not really be a true hit. Yeah, that's it. And I love this project because you really hear instrumentationally like that this is like something a little bit different, like in the lyric structure, it's just like on point, especially when Think, uh, Think Called Love, I was like, that thing <laughs> is amazing. So let's, let's talk about that record because that's one of my favorites from this album and guys in case you're wondering what project we're talking about we're talking about audacity volume one that you guys will be able to get on july 31st on all your favorite digital platforms so tell me about that record and just you know the inspiration because it's a feel-good approach men and women will be able to love it any age you know it's not limited yeah. it just has a universal sound yeah. to it well what i wanted to do was i, I wanted to make thing called up the first offering for audacity i need to plug it again january 31st make sure y'all don't get that but um, what I really wanted to do with that is I wanted to, you know, tilt my hat off to my predecessors. You know, I, I really love, you know, 70 Soul. I love, you know, Al Green. I love, um, I mean, you know, even like tilt my hat off to, you know, the Neo Soul genre. You know, like I was listening to a lot of Bilal during that time as well. And, um, you know, what I wanted to do was express my level of vulnerability over a record that um, that took you on a journey. You know, it took me a little minute to write thing called Love because, um you know, how much did I want to divulge? Um, how far should I take it? You know, at first it was literally just kind of a loop of two chords and me playing the guitar. <laughs> and it kind of evolved into, you know, the hook and really building off of, you know, these new chords and, you know, just really structuring this this, this piece of work. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really proud of it. You know, we had some great musicians come in and bring it to life. We had Ron Allen on drums from L.A. We had Trey Marshall on um, additional guitars from LA. You got Josh, uh, Josh Garrison from uh, North Carolina, and yeah, like I mean, we we really brought out some some great players, and uh, you know, took it back to kind of an old school form, and really crafted out a record. And I'm I'm grateful that people have been listening to it, have been digging it. Um, yeah, so you know, so far we're almost at three million three million streams across all DSPs, which is great for uh, for amazing. independent R&B artists. <laughs> I tell my team all the time, I'm like, listen, you know, we started at zero. You know, and, you know, with, with someone that hadn't put music out in two years, I didn't know what to expect because things happen so fast in social media and especially nowadays that anything of relevancy, you know, literally has maybe a, a week of a week of life to it. You know, no matter how um, no matter how shocking it is, no matter how polarizing it is, um, the time frame of people being captivated is so short and few now. So, you know, you. Uh, expound that to two years <laughs> and you're literally a new artist, you know, or, or relevant. So I was taking a gamble and I didn't know and people responded and they, and they really like it. And so, um, you know, for that, I'm, I'm grateful. So, yeah. And that's awesome. And you know what, in that two year time, you really got a chance to know who you are 
as a man, you got to really develop your sound more. And not only that, you really utilize your social media platforms, which is amazing. A lot of artists don't really think that that's important to utilize. And yeah. really, and you take your time with those mashups. Like, that, that takes you about like an yeah. hour to do, right? <laughs> no, they take hours, yeah, like hours, like several, <laughs> several hours um, to do, you know, because if you mess up one part, you know, you got to start over, you know, so you could be you know, two minutes and 30 seconds into a mashup on one of the little windows and you'll mess up and I got to start over, you know? So, you know, it's, it's a process, but it's the love within it too. And I want, you know, I wanted everybody to know that um, I ain't got to sell nothing to you in order for me to show you that I love music. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that. The mashup didn't have to come out when it was like, oh, I got a project coming out. You know, that it was, it's, you know, that it was for the love. You know, right. if, I, if I feel compelled, if I feel moved, if I feel inspired, um, then you'll see a mashup for me. Or if I really feel like I want to pay homage or tribute, um, then you'll hear a mashup from me. So, um, it, yeah, it's much, it's much deeper than just uh, social analytics for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a true creative and, and a true artist. And so uh, sometimes you just do things just because, you know what I mean? And not even not even for the viewership, you know? So Yeah, and that definitely shows. And I love the fact that you really are about music. You're not like, okay, let me just do it because it's something fun to do. But I love it, and it's fun to do. And it makes a big difference when it's a combination of the two. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, for sure. Absolutely. So now, you're now independent. You have your own label. You're not signed to a major label. So let me ask you, what that, how has the transition process been, you know, going from being signed to Motown, you know, coming out of college and then now uh, being independent? Like, what are the things that you say that you learned? I learned how to really define my worth, you know, um, as, a, as a multifaceted artist and as a businessman. And I think that when you're younger, it's hard for you to put or for you to even find value within yourself because you're, you're continuously um, searching for worthiness through other people that are supposedly more experienced or, um, you know, more seasoned than you in whatever you do. And so sometimes you get lost in the mix, you get lost in the sauce just trying to, you know, prove your point improve your worth. And so for me, that was one of my biggest uh, lessons is um, knowing my worth and, and knowing that um, ownership is key mm-hmm. and powerful. And there's a reason why uh, Prince and Michael Jackson and a lot of the great artists, um, they have fought for their masters. Um, they fight hard. I mean, even, you know, even Jay-Z, yeah. um, even, you know, Pharrell when, uh, you know, he was under uh, Teddy Riley, much love to both, both of them. But um, there's a reason why people pay for their masters. Um, and it's not just because of the, the ego, but it's for legacy. It's for uh, making sure that your family and your, you know, your, your kids' kids and your grandkids and, and whomever, that they understand that there is something that's within the family. There is, um, there is a financial literacy. Um, there is a financial wealth as far as generational wealth that can be built off of your hard work. You know, and we're literally maybe, you know, this is the first generation of us really experiencing that and seeing that uh, within all aspects. I mean, you really look at Hollywood as it pertains to, you know, Will Smith's kids. You right. know what I mean? Like, um, you know, they're, they're kind of the first, maybe the, sec- the second generation of us seeing uh, what generational wealth or what black wealth can look like um, and the byproduct of it when your kids are literally born with success or with your, your, you know, your parents already being extremely established. You know what I mean? So they're literally one generation shy of, you know, Will Smith being from Philadelphia and Jada Pinkett Smith being from Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think for, for me, getting back to the point, masters are something that I would like to share with my children and my children's children as it pertains to generational wealth. 
and and it's not for everyone to see the value of it now. But who's to say that there's some artist that's not even born yet that's going to take one of my songs and sample it? You know, exactly. I want my kids to be able to have the business acumen and the financial literacy in order to get the deal done to ensure something for their children or something for, you know, whatever that they need or whatever they're working on. So I think that's very important. And so that's why I kind of went the independent route. It is a little tougher. It's a little, you know, it's, it's a little harder because, uh, <clears throat> you know, everything is really, you know, it's, 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 it's manpower. Right. Know? And it's a small team and you got to have this insane belief within yourself in order to get, you know, the things that you want done because there's a whole bunch of people that's telling you that you can't and there's no, there's no way. And maybe we should do this and that. And, you know, and, and it's really about staying focused, making sure that you're able to bet on yourself, gamble as far as, you know, and taking chances with uh, your brand and uh, learning lessons from it so that you avoid uh, as many pitfalls as you possibly can. So, yeah, I think that even though it's uh, it's a it's a tougher and, and it's a longer road, honestly, I think that it's one of the best decisions that I've made um, as, a, as an artist and just in my career, period. Yeah, I definitely agree because nowadays you're seeing that the artists that are, you know, that are talented like yourself, again, going from major labels and then going to back to being independent or going independent. So it makes sense, honestly, to yeah. take that full ownership and to say, you know what, this might be a little bit difficult, but guess what? I was God gave me the talent for a reason. So anything that he has given mm-hmm. as a blessing isn't too difficult. That's right. So that that's, right. So that's what I feel. And then also, I love the fact that you talked about owning the masters because that also goes along with publishing too. So when you have the masters and you have all your publishing and all that is intact, yeah. you know, with that legacy that we that we're speaking of, and a lot of people don't know about this, but we speaking on some real stuff. It helps. Yeah. It helps. You know, the, you know, your children's children, and it helps that you know dynamic go because you know. Like you said, somebody might want to sample your song. Somebody in a couple of years might say 20 years from now and say, let's put that song in a commercial. And they might be somebody who's, who knows, maybe 17 now. And it's a new discovery to them. They're like, hey, this fits, you know, our, our commercial that we've got going, our campaign. So all those things are important. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I try to tell people, like, you got to got to be on beat with this stuff independent really is not as bad as you make it out to be. But, you know, it can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the, the biggest thing that um, you know the misconception is um, how it looks. Mm-hmm. Everyone is more concerned about how they look and how they're perceived than what is what is truly factual. Right. <laughs> what is you know what's real life, and so for them they would rather look like a success than actually be successful. You know, and 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 granted, success is different and it looks different for each and every person. So I'm not here to say what is successful a person but you know if, <clears throat> if if ownership is not a part of that then i don't know if anyone could call it success if they have no control right. or autonomy over what they choose and what they want to do i mean if god is willing to give us free will why would we put it in any other man or woman's hand you feel so, me mm-hmm. and, and i think that and i think that's such a big thing you know like you can give yeah. you can give a certain ounce of your talent temporarily but it ultimately, yeah. at the end, it should be back to us in full control. Of. That's, I mean, that's how life Absolutely. is designed. I so, completely agree with that, for sure. So I wanted to also talk about songwriting because you've had amazing placements. You've worked with 
Trey Songz, Jamie Foxx, oh my gosh, Tony Braxton, you have really have, you know, done the thing with your pen, not only for yourself, but other artists. So just when you think about writing, what space do you get in to really draw the inspiration, to, you know, to just write a good um, record for yourself or another artist? Um, I mean, you know, writing for me and then writing for other people is just it's a completely different thing. I think that writing for an, for an artist, I think it's a little easier because you're looking for you're looking at them from the outside in. Yeah. You know, so the the beauty of that is that you see things about them and nuances about them that they don't see within themselves. And so you can bring that out within certain records and they may not notice that until they step on, on stage and, and, and perform these records and say, Wow, you know, I didn't I didn't know that, you know, these words were gonna hit me like this. You know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. you know, make me feel this Make me feel a certain type of way. So, you know, when you when you look at an artist as, as they're listening to your song, you know what I mean, or listening to the song that you wrote for them and to see their reaction, you know, when it when it really comes together and they get excited, you know, that's that's definitely a great feeling that I wouldn't trade as a as a songwriter. I think that's the beauty of it. For me, I think it's a little harder because it's the same thing. I gotta I gotta search from within and, you know, take a lot of analysis of uh, how I perceive myself and then the closest people to me. Um, how they perceive me as well, you know, to see what has changed, you know, uh, nuances that I have, um, certain tendencies that I may not pick up or notice, and to see how that's changed me, you know what I mean? And I think that, um, you know, being an artist, you have the beauty to kind of uh, create a chronicle of where you're at, you know, and not only where you're at as far as on the inner part of you, but as it pertains to humanity, you know what I mean? And, and as it pertains to the culture. So for me, um, I often look at it to say, okay, well, you know, my generation is at a point where they're getting married and they want to have kids. And, mm. you know, it's different than, you know, five years ago. You know what I mean? When we were the, you know, when we were a part of the generation where we wanted to turn up and party, it was, you know, it was it was kind of uh, passive to say, you know, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. And now, you know, the pressure is on us to kind of get a little more solidified and get, uh, I guess, get our shit together <laughs> and figure out what we want to do. And so um, I think we feel that as a culture, we feel that as a generation. And so, um, you know, for me, I want to kind of be a soundtrack for that. I want to, you know, uh, allow for people to to experience love and to, to write about the complexities of it uh, once we hit a certain age. You know, uh, love songs hit different when, you know, the older you get. <laughs> and certain songs you don't understand until you get a certain age anyway. You know what I mean? So I just kind of want to, you know, be that for my generation. So Yeah, and I, and I can relate to what you just said. I'm a writer as well. So for me, I've written songs at a young age, and I'd be like, yo, what does that exactly mean right now? And just going through that emotion and be like, I don't know what that means. I'm just going with what with it when it's being fed to my mind and just writing with it. And yeah. then, you know, later in life being like, Holy crap, that's what that meant. I was yeah. talking about that. Okay. This is not I was ahead yeah. of my time. I wasn't, you know, far behind. I was just preparing myself. And I think it also becomes an amazing story when you look at these records and you not even look at them, but when you listen back to them and say, and you're reviewing, you're like, you know what? This was this was a gift in itself, prior to my own knowledge. Yeah. So no, that is um, absolutely right, man. So that's an amazing thing with writing. And when you think about just like the, I mean, Tony Braxton, like Johnny Gill, SWV, and that SWV project was freaking crazy. It was a really slept on project. <laughs> and when you think about yeah. those artists and, you know, going, again, talking about <laughs> legendary R&B status and just, you know, the things that they've done and just being a staple in R&B and just having that experience, what, what would you say, you know, your, when you think about that timing, 
like, what do you say? Like, mm-hmm. that whole feeling is for you, I guess I'm just trying to say. So, uh, my bad. Uh, state that question one more time for okay. me. Okay. Yeah, so basically I was saying, like, how would you say, like, that feeling <clears throat> is for you? Like, when you think about, I have these, I've done what I've done as an artist, right? But not only that, mm-hmm. I've been able to do great things for other artists that are, you know, staples of R&B, people that are have created timeless hits, that are still touring today, and that are well-respected in the business. Yeah, I mean, it feels great. It feels great when, um, you know, people that you've been listening to growing up, you get a chance to meet them. You get to, you get a chance to, most importantly, hear, like, stories. I think that's, a, that's, like, one of the most, like, fun parts about working with legends and veterans is that you get to ask them questions that not a lot of people can ask. And you get to hear stories that no one else <laughs> will be able to hear. And um, that's really cool. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know if I enjoy that part more than writing the song, but it's, it's up there for sure. You know what I mean? So, you know, you get to, you get to learn a lot of um, nuances about them and how the game was and how certain artists and certain creatives cross paths and yeah. how small the world is. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really dope, man. So I, I think that's one of my favorite things as far as working with vets that, you know, you get them, you get them classic stories that, you know, that, you know, that you don't get to hear on Unsung because they just, they just way too uncensored <laughs> for, <laughs> for anything else. Right. It's, it's too real for television, you know? And then when you just think about maybe one particular lesson that one of these R&B legends has taught you, what has been one of those lessons? Oh, man, Maxwell. Um, I will always remember he said, uh, never do a song that you can't imagine yourself doing 10 to 20 years from now. Mm. You're building yourself in the way that I see that you're being built, that always think about that. And so I was like, damn. And that's always stuck with me. So, yeah, shout out to Max. And, you know, that, that gym um, has always, you know, kind of stayed with me. Yeah, and I think that's an incredible thing, too, because when, when you think about live performances and something that you really kill every single time you hit the stage and, you know, you do well with, you always have such a delivery. And then your songs are, like, very timeless in itself. So I think that that's a great piece of advice for anybody to give. So what songs are you looking forward to, like, performing from this album, either from this volume one or the future uh, volume two that's coming out as well, too? Uh, volume one, I'm super excited about performing. Uh, of course, they called Love some more. Uh, there's a song on there called Honest that I really like. Oh, I love um, that one. Let me see. That's, like, top three. Uh, yeah, man. Um, then we got, I like the fun records, too. I like On You. Um, switching sides, you know what I mean? It ain't really a record on there that, that I wouldn't be excited to, to perform. I think that uh, I definitely challenged myself this time around vocally. So, you know, um, it, it, it takes a lot more energy. It takes a lot more effort um, to really kind of nail these records in a live format. So I'm excited to challenge myself and, uh, you know, vocally and, and see uh, where I can take it and where I can take the audience. So, yeah. And I agree because um, these records, you you honestly perform the whole damn thing, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? Like you really uh, crafted such a well project where you just throw those the uh, the the previous records that you have out in there and just kind of mix it up and then go back to old to new and then really and honestly you can end it with some old stuff or new stuff and really be able to put together oh an amazing tour. Absolutely, absolutely. So how soon can the fans expect the tour? Because you know that's the question they wanted me to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> the the Audacity tour will be starting in April. Oh, um, birthday month. Starting in April. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So, yep, I'll be coming to a city near uh, y'all, you know, in April and, and probably, um, you know, it'll probably uh, continue all the way up until May and June. But, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to put together a really great show for people to enjoy, take them on a journey, for them to get to know me more. I learned a lot from the last tour. And so, uh, you know, I just want to I want to come harder and um, for, for people to be captivated and to be held, you know, from the time that they, uh, you know, from the time that I hit the stage and from, you know, the start point, you know, all the way into the end, you know, just like a movie, you know, to just continuously be engaged. That's my goal. Listen, and that's an amazing goal because you've already been, you know, doing some performances, previewing the mu- mu- new music in select cities. So I know that all those other cities that have been hollering in your social media comments saying, you need to come here, you need to come here, are really excited, you know, to really get that same experience that, you know, like D.C. has gotten in the East Coast and those other cities yeah. have been in, too. Absolutely. So that's amazing. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for this interview. I definitely appreciate chatting with you. This was a dope conversation. And I got to say, again, congratulations on this brand new project. Again, everybody, Audacity Volume 1, January 31st. Make sure you guys get it on all digital platforms. And uh, just continue to support great R&B music. And anytime, Kevin, so where can the fans, you know, follow you on social media and everything? Oh, yeah. Kevin Ross Music, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You name it, I'm on it. Make sure y'all go and get Audacity Volume 1. Y'all let me know how y'all think, you know, what y'all think about it, vibe to it. And, yeah, I'll be coming to a city near you. Volume 2 will be coming shortly after. And then who knows, you know, more music on the way for sure. What's going on? This is Kevin Ross, and you are now tuned in to my guy, David Dwayne. You know they love it. 
Yes, yes, yes. And that is Kevin Rose. God is a genius. Off the brand new album coming out, Audacity Volume 2, coming out really soon. Yes, that was the interview that we did in January. I needed you guys to hear that awesome, 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 awesome phoner that we had. And we're going to get into the second interview as well, too. But we're going to get into the K. Michelle interview very shortly as well, too. Hopefully that you guys are seeing safe and are seeing, you know, just healthy during these times. These are some crazy times. So make sure that you guys, if you can, go get tested for COVID if you've been out with more or have had multiple people over your place. It has been over uh, 10 people. I think if, you, if it's not in your household, you need to just kind of uh, need to be safe. We got to be safe. It's always better to be safe than sorry. So yes, 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 y'all. Hopefully y'all are enjoying this show. I'm 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 loving it. I, these interviews and just hearing the content again is always refreshing to me because when you do and you conduct something, you're like, okay, cool. I sounded whack. And the truth is about the content that I do, I don't even listen back. I just I just go with it. I just go with it, and I'm like, okay, I can't even listen to me. I sound a little whack. Like you know, I. I, I I'm I'm my own worst critic when it comes to this thing, you guys. So it's only right that, you know, I deliver this content and make sure that I big myself up when it's actually dope and everything. So, man, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. It's a good night. It's a good night. It's a good night. And um, for those who are just now tuned in, this is On Air with David Dwayne. We do our show 10 12 every Wednesday, every Wednesday each is in his on. <laughs> and then we do our live, our IG live interviews at David Dwayne. Um, just having a conversation. It might be a celebrity interview that we're doing, or it might just, like I said, it might just be a regular conversation that we're having. You know, my, my thing is to uplift. So I want to continuously make sure that if I've got a platform, I've got a voice, that I'm doing just that and, you know, just expressing positivity. We all need a sense of you know, needs a good sense of that. Hell, even my sense, me being on the air right now speaking to you guys and talking about being positive and just delivering content is such a is such an amazing thing. I was in a space where two years ago I was so busy and consumed with other things that I just was not able to produce my show the way that I wanted to. I have so much content. Hell, I still even have content from then that you guys will actually get. And um, I'm just like, look, Nothing can stop me now at this point. I finished my rebranding, and you're going to always continue to rebrand and do the amazing things that you do, David. So you just have to stay focused and just and just do the damn thing. So that's exactly what I'm going to be continuously doing, no matter what IG Live and everything else. And on here, shit, y'all don't hear the same content. So like I said, make sure that you follow at. David Dwayne on Instagram at MFWE Radio Instagram and then Twitter as well at On Air with David on Instagram and Twitter as well and D Dwayne official on Twitter for myself so I'm just I'm just everywhere with it that's just how we got to do just be everywhere and be consistent with with our content <laughs> you know what consistency is so key so listen guys I'm gonna get into K Michelle that game and then I'm gonna run that interview. Oh, thank y'all so much again for tuning in. I just want to make sure that I did a little bit of talking. Even though you guys hear me talking as much in and up with the interviews. Let's just get to it. K Michelle, that game and the interview coming right up. Again, thank y'all so much. Appreciate y'all.
and I cost with my bitch. I bought her the limo, she bought me the race. Swap it. Practice, 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 make perfect. Nigga, it's never too late. Never, never, never. I sit the out of the snake. I sit the soul out of the snake. Then I sit the bills up out of the bank. Rats, the blog and the media fake. Shout it, DM me, I'm straight. I'm not gonna bite on the bait. Nah. Sipping no toxic waste. Mud. On the low with your bitch in this grave. Mask on the face, Jason. Right to that we in shape. If I go broke, she gon' leave, escape. She gone. I put two mil in the safe, just in case. Don't go my way. No cap, my kids gotta have money, not just me. It's selfish. Oh, I sit the crown off the king like Mike did Elvis. Oh, the world is wild, he dying, no lie, that don't help him. Oh, your bitch wanna eat up the drip, and you cannot help him. Scrap, scrape to a penthouse, Miami Beach. Yeah, yo. Niggas talk crazy on tweets. They don't want it cause I come to defeat. They don't want it. I peek, these niggas all sweet. Bamboo sticks all in the Jeep. It's a new weirdo every week. Weirdo. Get the what, put it up for my seed. Put it up. No cure for the IG disease. No cure. Do anything for club. Anything. They do anything for club. Anything. Do anything for club. Anything. They do anything for club. Do anything for club. They do anything for clout. Do anything for clout. Whole lot of people need to hear this. It's a lot of names on my hit list. Mom say what he wants to. Push it through wet like a big bitch. I should run a whole blog at this rate. They using my name for clickbait. Bitches even wanna start fake beef. They said a little weave in the mistake. They know I'm the bomb, they're ticking me off. Say anything to get a response. I know that mean, they traffic is slow. Somebody just gotta press it to lot. So for being tamed, I'd rather be well. Bitches is bendy, they wanna be down. Soon as these bitches got something to sell, they send my name. Say my name, Destiny Child. Everybody wanna be lit. Everybody wanna be rich. Everybody wanna be this. If plus you, I'll hate me, bitch. Free my problems and suck my dick. That's talking, I'm calling it out. Public opinions from private accounts. You not a check, then you gotta bounce. I got the drift, come get it now. They do anything for clout. Do anything for clout. Bitches is mad, bitches is trash. I got the grouch. See me win, they gotta hurt. Ouch. Say when they see me, what they gonna do? Bitch, not from the couch. Back. What up, y'all? It's your girl, Kayvon Sherry. You're checking out my boy, David Dwayne. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for back us to On Air with the one and only rock star and my David Dwayne in the place of being right here. And right now, we've got our girl, Kay Michelle, a.k.a. Kimberly, joined with us. And guess what, guys? She's getting ready to drop her brand-new fifth album, All Monsters Are Human, coming out January 31st. Make sure you guys download, stream, and get yourself a physical copy. And guess what? Not only does Kay have the brand-new album, she also has her brand-new Amazing Lifestyle brand, Sarah Austin, that drops this spring. And she'll also be talking about all things Kay Michelle, from Jack Daniels to Puffin Petals 
to her new upcoming Lifetime show. What's going on, Kay? Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, you got to hear the album. You like it? Listen, I love it. Can I tell you that I'm so glad that I really don't like you and Where Do All the Lovers Go made the track listing? Because if it, ooh, Y'all girl. Y'all gonna curse me out if you didn't. Mm-hmm. So, let's, let's really talk about the emotions behind I really don't like you because I feel like there is a woman that a man really relate to that have gone through the trials and tribulations of relationships and just really feeling like, hey, I really don't like you right now, and I'm really tired of the shit that you're doing. How how would you say that you were able to take your own personal experiences and translate it to that record? Oh, it's just easy. Like, we all go through that. Like, you can love somebody and not like them at the moment, or they're scared of losing the other person. So I'll just say it for them. Right. And I think that's the one thing that Rebels have definitely been able to appreciate um, with your album, especially over the, this last decade. I mean, yeah, Daniel, yes. I mean, girl, that drink is slamming. I can't drink that all the time because I get a little bit get too out of control. But I, I really love the growth. So tell me, and I know you went through trials and tribulations, but to, just to get through all of what you have been through um, as a woman and in this business, how has that, you know, made you feel to just really see, you know, that happiness come? Oh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's been a journey. Like when you're going through it, you really don't see what you're accomplishing because I'm so tunnel vision about it, about just like getting things right, making things perfect. That's just me. So I never really pay attention to what I'm doing. And people always say, you've done this, you've done that. I never pay attention until, you know what I'm saying, until, like, I sit back and maybe slow down a little bit. But I'm always on the go, and I never want to get complacent, and I never want to get to the point where I'm just happy with what I have. Right. I want to keep always having a fight with and as you should, I mean, that's how anybody that's in this business, or you know, whether it be any form of entertainment or just as a person, you know, you got to keep fighting. You got to never be comfortable with where you're at and just say, hey, I want to do more. I really want to express myself. I really want to be a role model. And that's one thing that you definitely have done is, you know, be a role model for young women um, and doing all these amazing things that you've done. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's kind of what it's about, like. I just want them to know you ain't got to be perfect because that's so not mm-hmm. me. I've made my mistakes, people, and I've allowed people to watch my mistakes. But it's okay to be human. And yeah. humans are perfect. That's where the album title comes from. That's what, that's about life. So if they look at me, they're going to see my mess up. They're going to see when I say too much, maybe when I don't say anything at all. They're just going to see me being a human just like them. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's a very great thing that you do throughout your Instagram live, you know, letting your fans into the recording process, writing, like you're very about your fans. And I love the fact that this title speaks true to it because we all have a villain that is inside of us and we're, and we're somebody's villain. Not all of us are perfect at all. And I love the art direction with the album and how you translate it with different music, with the different instrumentation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just excited. Like, I think that this album is a great, solid R&B album. I feel like um, in comparison to a lot of the R&B albums out, and I don't try to compare myself, but I just feel like I was able to bring back some R&B music. You know what I'm saying? That we were used to in this album, as well as bring in a new kind of, you know, a new little edge to it Mm -hmm. um, as well. With a lot with some, you know, a hint of pad bit, a little bit of country, a little bit of pop incorporated. 
it's just an album of truth and honesty, like all my other albums. But um, this album was just directly and straight for my fans, like right. because I didn't want to leave them without a solid R&B album before going into country. But I wanted them to have a great body of R&B music to jam to while I was creating the country album for them. Exactly. And what I wanted to also touch on with, you know, fusing the sounds, especially with, um, like, more issues with both. You have songs like um, Make the Bed and You Had Time. Those were definitely songs that infused so many sounds. So when you think about keeping that same consistency of infusing pop and now to, like, songs like um, Where Do All the Lovers Go that has that has that same type of rock to Just Like Jay, was it easy to just keep that consistency or did you kind of find it that, you know, Finding that sound foundation for this new project was difficult because you, you you recorded a lot of records over the years. Yes, um, yeah, this album was difficult. Like the album opens up with me saying, like, I didn't even want to do this album because it was so hard to get my zone. Um, it was once you get out of the zone of making music and having to deal with the bullshit of people in the business, you don't want to go back to it. You want, right. you want the peace and quiet. You don't want to go back to it. So that's what. I was struggling because I knew my fans needed me, but I needed myself. So that's been a struggle getting back into, really getting back into the swing of having to do media, dealing with the truth. Yeah, that's been a lot. Right, and I can imagine, especially from going from signed to a major label then going back to independent and really taking that full control for you. I love, honestly love the fact that that's where we are with R&B music, especially artists that are great, such as yourself, Luke James, Seven. Um are doing things like that, you know, just taking that, taking that control. Um, because you, because just like the first mixtape, you, you you did a million off of the first mixtape. So it's like taking it back to the roots and really taking control is so important um, as an artist. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, it's good to, you know, have a big machine behind you. But sometimes you got to say, listen, I got to do it my way. Yeah, it's just about the music. It's not about the machine. Exactly. And I agree. So let's talk about the worst. I love that song, and I love the fact that this is one record on the project you had for years back from uh, Anybody Want to Buy a Hard Days, and Shasha Jones wrote that, and you were you were really holding on to the song for so, 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 so long. And to hear the final product of it and to know the excitement, it, you, you did your thing with that. What was, like, when you first got the reference, what was that inspiration that really connected you with it? Oh, I just love the record. I think it's a great, solid R&B record. So one of my favorite and let's talk about um, Puffin' Pedals and let's talk Jack because we've really have, you know, taken a whole nother world by storm in entrepreneurship. How do, how do you like being an entrepreneur, especially in the food and beverage, like um, hospitality? Um, I like it. Uh, it's, like a, it's a lot of work. It's a, and I don't think people understand that. It is a lot of work. Um, but I I'm always looking for something else to invest in and something else to do that I love. Exactly, yeah. I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, that, like you said, it's a lot of work because you've got you to gotta run the restaurant. you got to make sure that everything is up to par, the license. And just like, you know, even with music, that, that type of stuff, too, making yeah. sure that that is up to par. I think everybody sees everything on social media, and they're like, oh, yeah. I can do it and just do it tomorrow. But if you're not covering all ground, all ground, it's not going to be happening. Yeah. Tomorrow. It's going to take months. Yeah, it's not as easy as people think. I, I think they just think that people just made it off a business like that quick. That's not how business works. 
No, and you and you've been one that has been very vocal about that. So I um, always appreciate the fact that you even mentioned that those things. And even when you're live one day, I was watching and we were talking about how R&B, there's not a lot of structure that goes into the music. People are forgetting about the bridges. They're forgetting about their ad-libs. And I hear a lot of that on this project. And you touched everything, especially with Where Do All the Lovers Go. You went back. You guys, you and Rio, you guys did the writing. And you like, listen, let's, let's yeah. have the chant in there. Let's let's really feel, let's make this feel R&B. Let's get some Michael Jackson inspiration in talking about real music. Thank you. That's good. I, that's one of my, I did that record really quick, um, wrote it really quick. I didn't know people were going to like it. I just did it on a live, so I ended up going back to finish. So that's a record that people really wanted on the album. They were fighting about it being on there. So it, it became one of my favorites also from the album. So I definitely had to put it on there. And, and I feel so much love for that record, just like I do with like hard to do and I know we're talking about you know all monsters are human I have that same love for those records because they're classic R&B people can really relate to that Um, and every time I hear you perform hard to do I'm like yo I'm in my fix right now I don't want to hear nothing else like that's one of my top two songs (laughs) that's one of my top two songs in life because I think your delivery have always been amazing, but it's 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 getting so much better with you know as your experience in life. Thank you, thank you so much. I do appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's what, I think that music a lot of times and emotions and things like that have a lot to do with what you've gone through as well. It's a music right. that's supposed to have a feeling and an emotion. And why do you so, think? Oh, I was, oh, go ahead. No, no, you you're fine. So that's why you probably. You know, hear a difference in things. It's probably what I'm going through for that day when I'm recording. That's probably the difference. Yeah, definitely. Because nowadays we don't hear that too much in music. We hear the complete opposite, and it's hard to relate to. You know, and then you, and like I said, you talk a lot about that. So, what is your, what is your honest thought on? the new R&B artists that are coming up now, like Har, Justine Skye, um, a lot of those females and, and like Luke and Seven. I mean, I know those are like your fellow peers, but like what do you think about those type of artists that are really true to, you know, the R&B fashion? I think they're great. I think they're great. Her is like my baby sister. I think she's great. Um, I don't really have a lot of favorite newbies. I don't think they're that good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really it. I don't. I think it's missing a lot of substance and ground. I think there's some great records. I think it's the albums overall are suffering. And R and B is supposed to be about out, not about right. Music. Yeah, we're like, it's, it's, a, it's supposed a, to be the most for the real music. You know. Mhm. It's it's definitely lacking, and I tell people all the time, it's like there's R and B still exists. It's just not existing in these newer artists that aren't seasoned. Yeah, it's all. lacking. That's really all I can say. But our artists are a bunch of new artists that I really do, I really do like and I really just think have a long future in R&B, you know. So I'm not saying that or taking that away from anybody. I'm just speaking on the type of artist I love and how I know it to be and how I was brought up in R&B. So now let's also talk about Sarah Awesome because everybody has been dying to know when it's coming. Is it coming this spring? Because I've been feeling like that's... Yeah, just, uh, we've been really gearing up on a lot. 
like a lot of stuff. The thing about center office is it's not just like a little, like a little boutique or anything like that because it's my whole life is for sale. Everything from my home stuff down to my clothing that I wear to my meetings, it's a lifestyle brand. And people have to, I see a lot of people trying to have lifestyle brands, but they don't even understand it. In order to have a lifestyle brand, people have to want your life. And one thing is about your life, or you have to know how to make the perfect life, or, or how to make things better for single mothers and kids and guys, and just things like that. So it's a lot that comes with this, this site that's about to drop. It's not just, oh, I'm going to go get some clothes from downtown LA. You know, I've been doing this for now like a year, just trying to find the best product like that for. That's my favorite type of product, like my favorite cooking utensils, you know, from picking out plates all the way down to wallpaper. So it is a lifestyle brand that will really have the things in my life that I love, and it'll be for sale. And how much of Sarah Awesome will you say will be in the new um, Puff and Petals location once that's finished? Um, a lot of it. We're having to move Puff because of the location. I wanted to put it in an area for my community that could grow, but once the women started to be careful of the location, and once I felt like it would break my heart if one of my patrons came in and had some issues when they left it out. And so I needed it to be in a better, you know, location. So that's why we're moving it, and I needed more space. People were standing outside. They were standing outside waiting to get in, and it gets cold and everything. I really did not think that it would have the response that it had, so I had to make it bigger. Yeah, the response to it has been, like, absolutely so amazing. Like you said, people actually waiting, like, outside for hours. Like, that love and support that you have from your fans and just people in general, black women, the culture, has, like, been amazing as the years have gone on and on and on and on and on. Because I think not only that, Kate, but I'm not sure if anybody has said this to you, but my friend, Brittany, she wanted me to tell you, but you're making history. You know what I'm saying? As a woman, what you've done, seriously, yeah, like from the, from Jack Daniels, you know what I'm saying? Like the only African-American woman that's done anything with them to being a restaurant owner, like all the things is, is, is history-making in itself. Thank you. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do something for my community. I'm trying to, you know, it's just really hard when your own people are attacking you. Black women always attacking you, and it's good to hear you know, I get a lot of love from my sisters, but I also get a lot of hate. And it's a difficult thing if you're like, you know, I'm not here fighting for you. You know, there's yeah. no room for Instagram hate, and it's just those are all hateful comments that I see on Instagram. Yeah, it's crazy what people say on social media, but you know what, though? I see, I see the love that you get on a regular day-to-day basis and people just really being excited for you. Um even through, like, the surgeries and seeing the fact that you've been eating, like, just checking on your well-being, I, I see that every single every single day, and I'm like, this is amazing, that people love yeah, that, you for who you the are. Type of, the type of respect and love that I get um, is something that I will never take for granted, like, ever, like, ever. It means everything to me, like, everything to me, everything. So my last question for you, Kay, the brand new show with Lifetime um, is coming later this year, and I know that you just started the process of taking submissions. How difficult do you say the process has been so far just kind of going through picking these women? 
Loving you is crazy. 
coming undone. Baby, your love got me